Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 273 of Slamfire Radio. This is October 4th. And uh, welcome back, Matthew. It's been a while since you've been here. Yes, it has <laughs> been a while since I've been here. I should uh, come on the show more often. No, maybe I will. I don't know. See what's going on anyway. So, yeah, welcome back. Thanks. Oh, other guys. <laughs> We're supposed yeah. to be doing that. <laughs> oh, right. My bad. Whatever. We can't yeah. even be trusted to welcome him back. <laughs> so who else is on tonight? Do you guys still introduce yourselves? Because everybody can't remember no. who you are yet? No, we stopped doing that a while back. Cool. Yeah. All right. Bothered. They don't know no, us by I now. They never will. Figure with the video feed, our names pop right up, so they should be able to read. I mean, actually, that's saying that our listeners can read. I think if they oh. could read it wouldn't be listening but yeah, yeah, right, right. They're, good listeners. <laughs> they're awesome listeners, from what i remember it's been a while though <laughs> from what so. i remember could have changed <laughs> that used to be good i mean you guys stopped introducing yourselves so who else knows no what no no we didn't it's just a thing no. that you decided we weren't going to do anymore now that you're back all right well why no not, i then? told him <laughs> yeah. you told him i'm just oh. messing with him yeah. i apologize <laughs> matthew adriel's messing with you oh well i look i I'm the new guy, so I guess I should expect that. So You're the you new know, guy? I'm you know Matthew, the warning shot McClatchy. I'm Adriel, the hunting gear guy in show. I am Trevor, the frilatte. I'm Kelly, the classy one. Matthew, uh, you know it's hilarious? What is, yeah, I know a lot of things are hilarious. But what are you going to tell me that's hilarious? You didn't even wait for us to speak to interrupt us. You just, right. you just like preemptively right interrupted us by welcoming yourself back. Yeah. It's just like it's a whole new level now that you've been gone for a little while. Yeah, just stepped set my game up. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> that or I just forgot what was going on, so I just started rambling, and that came out. We'll, we'll go with the first you one. Don't though. do that. No, ever ever start a sentence and you're not quite sure where it's going, and you just hope that it'll find its own way by the time they get to the end. That sounds like something Justin Trudeau would do. <laughs> how he speaks in Parliament. Uh, so anyhow. Um, I guess we're going to do what we did with guns, which is brought to us by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. They currently have Kiapa Rhino 60DS in PVD plating, which is solid gold, baby. Yeah. Because who doesn't want a solid gold gun? A solid gold Kiapa. It's yellow. It's a Kiapa Rhino. Mm -hmm. Super. What's next? Diamond studded high points. (laughs) <laughs> somebody might like that yeah not a, not a fan of the rhino hey? now that you've mentioned it trevor no, it's probably cool. gonna be a thing oh there you go <laughs> yeah um no the the rhino is cool have any of you ever shot it that's no. the bottom shooting revolver yeah 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 i have mike uh dun dino dine dun, the guy um <laughs> well he has he, a metaba we shot. Oh, his he is a Metaba, right? No, I haven't oh, shot a that's Rhino. The real so deal. Yeah, the real deal is a Metaba. Yeah. 
Oh, I see. I haven't yeah. shot the Rhino yet. Then I shot the yeah. what, what you shot for the listeners who don't know is a semi-automatic revolver, and it's like, what? How could that be possible? Oh, so this re- Rhino is just a regular old revolver, but it shoots out the bottom. Correct. Yeah, and it has oh, some okay. of the styling of the of the right. Okay. That's still cool. And technically, aren't all revolvers semi-auto anyway, unless they're single action? Well, what this one does is rather than the trigger pull rotate the cylinder, the top of the gun moves on rails and the cylinder rotates through this track that um, rotates it for you (laughs) instead of the shooter. I think that was one of them sentences we're talking about earlier. Exactly. (laughs) Instead of the trigger pull rotating the revolver or revolving the cylinder. There we go. There's the big words I'm trying to. Lucky I'm not chewing gum. I'd have a stroke. Instead of the double action trigger pull uh, rotating the cylinder or revolving, if you will, the cylinder, if you will. the action of the gun rotates the cylinder or revolves the cylinder rather than the trigger pull. That's it how a pretty neat little piece of tech that they, in engineering they came up with. But why? Well, why not? It, it was the answer to a question nobody asked, but you it was a pretty it. cool answer anyway. Yeah. You know what would be cool? A semi-automatic. Revolver said no one ever. Well, one Except guy. Except for that one guy. One yeah. guy, yeah. And just, and just and if uh, you find one, they're insanely expensive. Just sitting in the basement with his buddies, just smoking a huge bong, and then <laughs> what a if? Great idea. Oh man, what if we had a revolver, but it was a semi-automatic? It's like, <laughs> where do you put the, the clip? Greatest idea ever. Yeah, we don't need that- a clip. You'll lose the clips. Put the revolver part on the top. Exactly. And unlike <laughs> unlike alcohol, when they came to, they remembered their plan. And this happened. They followed through. Yeah. yeah so this, if you this want true fact brought to you by Slamfire Radio. And the Calgary <laughs> Shooting Center. Since 1996. Yeah. And the Calgary Shooting Center where you can get a rhino. Yeah. Gold plated rhino. Gold plated. That's right. Rhino is gold. It's it's PVD, but it looks like it's gold. So what is PVD? Oh man, there's that. It's complicated. Okay. Chemistry and stuff. Very good. Physical Very good. vapor deposition, something or other. Yeah, sure. What it's, up? It's gold. It's gold, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we should talk about what we've done in guns lately. So um, I haven't done much except brought them all to my new place. So they're all here. That's I've got important. lots of plans. That's important. I've got yeah. lots of plans to to go shooting. I just haven't followed through with him yet because I've been busy, mm. you know, moving, new kid, and all that stuff. So, um, Trevor is how currently was, uh, typing. How is moving the guns? How is moving restricteds and that kind of thing? Straightforward. Well, you just you just have to lift with your knees and be careful that you don't <laughs> throw your back out. And you just chuck them in the back of your car, just like everything else. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Or it's a pocket of your pants, or. Pocketing, yeah, you know, whatever, it's all good. No, I uh, I just sent the the CFO. You have to get an ATT because it's not a gun range. I'm not going from my gun range to a gun or my house to a gun range. I'm going to my house from my house to another house. So I just called them up, said I'm change. I'm I'm moving. I'm changing address, and uh, this is my new address. And they sent me an ATT to move them, and so I did. Easy, easy, excellent. I'm so glad that you're back on. We missed you. Yeah, yeah, I, I missed you too. Trevor still (laughs) (laughs) it was nice having the time off because Thursdays got freed up and but no I I miss being on it's it's fun being on here so I'm glad I'm back 
But Trevor's still typing what he's done in guns. So let's oh, no. let him. Yeah. You're not, you're done. That's it. That's it. I like your soundproofing, by the way. You're, yeah, I know, right? Just <laughs> I got a bunch of blankets up because this, yeah. this is my uh, this is my cave, my office downstairs, and it was very very echoey. I don't know how good my camera's gonna do, but I just went ahead and raided the blanket bin and stapled a bunch of blankets to the wall and put some foam up on the ceiling, and. Uh, yeah, it worked. Now it's not echoey, and uh, oh, I, yes, it is. I hope it's not echoey. It's not echoey. as echoey. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. It's not as echoey as it was. It's definitely not great, but it's it's not a tin can anymore. Like so it did sound like. Music? Can we build a fort? Just ask. Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> and then anybody so want to mail me some more high density foam? I'll staple it up on the walls yeah. and get my sound quality better. Actually, you know what you can use? You can use egg cartons. It's true. Good. True story. True story. Mm. Eat a lot um, of eggs. High protein. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, what yes. did you do in guns recently? Um, I went to the Ipswich, Nova Scotia Provincials on the weekend and um, shot my standard gun. I was hoping to do a lot better than uh, I did. I finished third place in standard which uh, last year I finished second in standard. Uh, Ironically, the guy I wanted to beat, I beat. But you know you should never focus on one person, right? Because if you beat him in in fourth place, what's the point? So um, he he wasn't in fourth place. But regardless, you know, I thought I was contending with uh, two guys. And um, I ended up uh, finishing third. So... uh, you know, congrats to Jim Smith, who was on the show last week to talk about uh, Ipsic rules, and uh, and Mike Lee. They bested me, and how um, I'm going to make excuses because you know that's what I do. I didn't, uh, I wasn't ready for this match with my um, standard gun. So here's my standard gun for those um, listeners who are viewers on the YouTube's right now. So it's a 2011. And it's very different from my Tanfoglio, which it fit my hand like a glove. This one did not fit my hand like a glove. And for those who are watching, the gun has ambidextrous safeties. So there's a safety on either side. And um, I was accidentally engaging the safety while uh, moving. So I take my finger out of the trigger guard and my trigger finger would bump up the weak side safety. And when I'd go to shoot, I didn't know what was going on. I thought I had trigger freeze. I'd tap, I'd rack, and then... After the first days, I, I quickly realized what it was. I went to the safety area and I was like, oh, darn. But this is not my first 2011. Um, I had an open gun 2011 and I had another um, STI 2011 standard pistol, my Eagle. And I didn't do it with with either one of those. But I don't know. I'm doing it with this one. I do it with 1911s as well. So I have to trim the weak side safety. So that's what I did tonight before the show. I trimmed the weak side safety because I suffered horribly at the provincials. Um, with this, it happened at least three, four times in the first stage of the day. I turned a seven second stage into 18 seconds. Oof. Yeah. So that was a real hard hole to climb out of. So unfortunately it happened a few more times on, on day one and even again on day two. Um, so there's a match this weekend in Hampton. I trimmed the safety and I'm going to go shoot it in that match in Hampton. And I, uh, I can't do it. Oh, I just did it. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen anymore. It's been trimmed back some. So just doing this movement of moving my finger up and down like that, 
during the match, that was enough to engage the safety. And it would engage it ever so slightly. Like, you visually looking at it, you wouldn't even think that it was engaged. But sure enough, it was. And is so, there an option to, like, not have an ambi safety? There is. I could very easily get a... Um, well, I know in 1911, of course, you can get a, a single side safety for one side only. But given the width of this frame, I don't know if they make one that goes all the way out. Right? I've never seen a 2011 that didn't have um, ambidextrous safeties. Well, with a Dremel, you could certainly make that non-ambidextrous. You're right. I could chop that sucker <laughs> off completely, but I did. So you see how yeah. it's serrated? So I took yeah. off one full section, and yeah. then I put some relief in underneath. And I also, my delicate teacher hands, you know, I don't work for a living, so I've got real soft hands. And um, the back of the grip, it's got a lot of, like, sharp edges, unlike the 1911, which is, you know, perfect. Um, <laughs> so... I went at this with some 400 grit to kind of blend all those edges together. And you do uh, use that, that other side safety every now and then for like a table start when you have to do left hand. Well, we had a table. Right? Yeah, we had a table start weekend stage. Mm-hmm. So perfect example, Matthew. It's nice to have it. You want it, you do You totally want to keep it. It's just, yeah. yeah, make it a little bit less obtrusive. Yeah. And I see my thumb, my thumb rest is loose. So I'm going to tighten that up right now. Um, I Loctited it, but I don't think the thread isn't that a recoil dampening control. That's what that is. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, it's actually it's an anti flipperosity device. Anti flipperosity mm-hmm. device. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's pretty much all I did. I went to Nova Scotia, got my butt handed to me because I brought a new gun. I don't know what I was thinking. Well, I know what I was thinking. I was thinking it was level three, and if I go with standard, I'll get a presidential medal for standard. I've got one for classic. I'd like to win one for standard division as well. I was also thinking new gun. Haven't shot it much. I want to play with my new gun. When the Ipsic New Brunswick Provincials happen, officially for me, right or wrong, I consider my season over. And the Nova Scotia Provincials, just a bit of a bonus. But this was a level three, so I should have um, stayed in classic. But uh, anyway, well, it is what it is. It's kind of hard to get a presidential's medal in uh, standard if you're shooting classic. Well, tell that to Jim Smith. He shot his classic gun in um, nine mil. So he... He shot standard minor using his classic gun and uh, whoopie. Oh, well, yeah, okay. Yeah, that would have been an option. You could have done that. Yeah, I could have. I could. You're right. Oh, I could have took my... Yes, I could have stick, stuck with my primary stick. gun, the gun I'm most... Sticked was the right I could have sticked, I could have sticked yeah, with stuck. my primary gun. And um, no, Matthew yeah. just said it was sticked. Yeah. You have to listen <laughs> to me. That's not a word, but then we just use flipperosity, so you're fine, whatever. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. So I could have sticked with my classic gun and shot standard minor like Jim. Yeah. Why not didn't you? It mattered. Well, why didn't no, Jim? Yeah. Stay? No, you, you, you might. What? Why didn't Jim huh? stay in classic? Why did he have yeah. to come play in standard? Because he knew you were there, didn't want you to win. Well, I don't know about that. That sounds like something Jim would do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, I think, well, a lot of the classic guys were gone. The only, well, there was two, there were still two serious classic guys left. There was Tim and John. I mean, they're, they're, they're nothing to sneeze at. Tim's beat me in the last like three matches. So yeah. Um, did you literally just sneeze Kelly? When I said that no. was nothing to sneeze at? I, no, she, I, nothing I, to sneeze at. I, my phone dropped on the floor. That's all. Oh, okay. okay. You made a face like a sneezy face. It would have been way funnier had she sneezed. Yeah. Oh, if but, I had sneezed, you would have hurt you. Yeah. I'm still sick. You would have heard it. Oh yeah. <laughs> all the, all the regular classic guys said uh, were changed divisions or not at the match. Matthew's so like Sean Hansen went to open cause he's going to the floor to open or the, 
Open Nationals, USPSA Open Nationals, some big match just for open shooters in the U.S. So he's going to that and shooting open. So he's made the switch to open, hopefully temporarily. Um, Andy and Steven went goose hunting in Quebec. They're whacking like 90 geese a day. It's amazing. Um, so are they doing that open or standard? I think they're doing it in um, standard shotgun division. Standard shotgun division? Yeah. Nice. So, um, so yeah, all, pretty much all the classic guys were gone. So I guess Jim thought that the the uh, best uh, division to have competition was standard. So unfortunately for me, he went to uh, standard. And like I said, he, I mean, it was a whooping. Uh, I know I had problems with the gun, but it was still 84%. I only oh, won yeah. one stage in the whole match. It was a medium stage. It was an awesome stage. I used some tips and tricks that I learned in the Alex Burdett class to uh, save time on movement. So that was cool. Um, but in the end, I wasn't able to pull it off. So, But a good match. A good match. Uh, the stages, it was, the, the match was balanced. You had, um, you had uh, a c- couple of stages. You had multiple ways. There was one stage, I told Jim, I've been doing Ipsic a long time but I've not had this much anxiety over stage for a long time, if maybe ever, because I just didn't know if my plan was the right plan, if it was an efficient plan. And I was so freaked out because I only had five mags and it was difficult to plan the stage so that you weren't stuck doing a flat footed reload. Got to the point where I borrowed a mag from Charlie Bourne, the listener of the show, his squad showed up. We weren't done shooting yet. So I was like, I was stressing out over not having enough mags and doing an extra mag change and running out of mags. Uh, so when Charlie's squad showed up, I went over like, Charlie, can I borrow a mag? No questions asked. He didn't. He just whipped out a mag, took the ammo and handed it to me. Like, here you go. <laughs> so huge shout out to Charlie for helping me in my uh, unnecessary panic. Because when I was done the stage, I still had two mags on my belt. I don't know. What are you going to do? So I, get, I really got up inside my head with that one. So. Anyway, that's it. That's what I did. I went to Nova Scotia and became second loser or whatever third is. Yeah, second loser. We All nailed right, it. So second loser at the Ipsic Provincials in Nova Scotia. You still Double did well, though. Pardon me? You still did well. How many participants were there? Uh, 68. Okay. But yeah. there, were not, there were not 68 in my division. Overall, yeah, for the whole match, I think I finished 13th out of 68. So, no, awesome. I did not do well. But... I had I had fun. I learned some better stuff. than finishing sixty eighth. Yeah, when Somebody that happens, did. when that happens, I'll go back to flying RC airplanes or something. <laughs> Ooh, that'll be fun. It would be. Yeah, we should do that. Yep. All right, I will. Adriel, what? Yo. What did you do in guns this week, Adriel? He wants to know. <laughs> oh, that part. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. I set up prepay on practice score. And cool. now uh, the payments are handled through that and I can see who's paid and who hasn't. And got to teach me how to do this because it's been such a pain in the butt with, with SummerSlam. I actually, Adriel, like I, um, I figured out how to email everyone from practice yep. score specifically yep. who didn't pay and said, Hey, payment was due when you registered. And then um, I still didn't hear from some people. And then when I went through and started to withdraw shooters and said, mm-hmm. Payment was due when you registered. I'm withdrawing you. All of a sudden, like, take my money. Oh, here's my money. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> little Provide so, a little uh, bit of motivation for people then? Yes. So yeah. um, I don't care how small the match is. If it's a Friday night match, I want to do this. Because from now on in Restigush, there's no such thing as walk-ons. There's no such thing as cash. Cash is for homeless people. You will pay electronically prior to arriving or you will not shoot. And the nice thing about doing it through practice scores, you're not trying to chase down who's this EMT from? Uh, they didn't register on the system, but they sent me an EMT. 
who's yeah. this person that's going to show up now and is going to like claim that they paid me and now I have to track that exactly or they sent me an EMT from their girlfriend's account and didn't bother to say this is for Jim mm-hmm. Bob yeah yeah no such now it's all it's all on the system it's all up on the web it's all in the matrix <sighs> perfect uh, let's see I got my holster in for my shadow too let's see it uh, all right here's the holster Yep. This, is, uh, nice. this is one of the grip lock ones, so yep. that's the that's the lock right there. So when you come in on the gun and grip it, that just unlocks Ugh. it there. And if you don't do that, it doesn't come out. Now, if you're an Ipsic shooter, don't get one of these. Just get like a, a friction fit kind of a kind of a holster, right? Um, but if you're in three gun and you're running around with your pistol and you have a heavy shadow yeah. two that likes to hop out of the holster. Uh, one of these is kind of nice. So, uh, so can this you, can you describe what you just did for those that are listening because it was really cute. Mm, mm, yep. <laughs> so you come in on the gun, you grip it, and that pushes in the button. No, I meant like the bunny hopping with the gun. Oh, the bunny hopping right. with the gun yeah. like this. Or he's making sure it didn't fall out. He's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so the, the levers on the bottom this. under under the trigger guard. I believe yeah. it sounds yes. lever, Matthew. The the Leaver, um, <laughs> I combined them both. So it do, does it is it as intuitive as it doesn't seem like it would be? <laughs> uh, without looking at how to how it seems or anything like that, you just you just grab it. Yeah, and it just so works. Like, is that is that sound required or is that yeah. like optional? Uh optional, like, but highly encouraged. Okay, yeah. all right, but it yeah. will come out without the. 1980s karate chop hi-ya sound? Correct. Okay. But it's better. But it's better. An extra power factor. Yeah, extra power factor. So this is this is different than the thumb drive that uh, uh, that they have. The thumb drive, I've got it on, on my Glock here, is a, is a, sm- a much smaller button, it's a much smaller target, and this one has to be pushed down uh, towards the uh, butt of the gun. So this one coming in on the gun, you have to keep your thumb up high, and uh, basically hit it to get this thing out. Otherwise, it won't come out. So uh, that's different on this one. The uh, thumb drive holsters are more purpose-built as well. So they've got a thumb drive holster for a Glock. And uh, it doesn't work with a lot of other guns, right? Whereas the the grip lock, their GLS, works with a whole mitt full of guns. Uh, and then it's got like a little adjuster screw here to like kind of adjust for fit. So I could so run my Glock... It catches on the trigger guard, so that the trigger guard right here is where it's grabbing. Whereas the thumb drive has uh, a little lever that hits the uh, the ejection port, so it's it's actually grabbing on the ejection uh, port. Yeah, in there. yeah. Whereas, and the the trigger is completely free. That's why on the thumb drive, once it's once it's free, there's nothing there. Like it's it's right. really loose. Um, whereas on the grip, uh, the GLS, it's just a little bit tighter, um, pulling it out, but it's still, it's still all looser than a, a blade tech or something like that, because mm-hmm. once you've defeated it and you've got that, it, the first little bit out, it's pretty easy. Yeah. 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 So yeah, a little bit more flexibility in the, uh, in the GLS and, uh, so it works with more guns. So you like it then I'll, I'm going to shoot a match with it and then I'll see if I like it or not. Cause, right. uh, just doing this in my uh, in my office or whatever it's it's not really enough doesn't don't really get enough feel uh when i shot uh the uh, thumb drive in a match it was okay there's a couple times where i grabbed and i pulled and i i'm like oh yeah the thumb drive and i hit it and it would cost <laughs> me like 
maybe a quarter of a second. Like it wouldn't cost a bunch of time. I'd pull and then instantly get it out kind of a thing. Uh, but I am curious about that grip one because it, it's difficult to get a good grip on the gun without disabling it. Right. Yeah. You'd have to really mess up that grip to yeah. get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you could, yeah, maybe you could snake your finger under there if you if you really messed it up, <laughs> <laughs> really messed it up. So that's in. Um, and then uh, uh, I haven't actually got my WK180 out again yet. Uh, so I've just taken out, taken out the, the one time. I had one fail to extract. Could have been all the powder and other crap that was inside the uh, uh, bolt and chamber there. But I, go, I went ahead and replaced the uh, extractor spring anyways, uh, just in case. Because I'm going to shoot a match with it next weekend. And uh, I'd rather not leave anything up to chance. So, yeah. So you're working on that too then? Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's excellent. Uh, I'm gonna uh, go on Monday and shoot it. Sight it in for my uh, for my bulk uh, match ammo and as well for my hunting ammo. And then uh, if it's what's that? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just to uh, so I can shoot a match with it and then immediately afterwards start to yeah. uh, start whacking coyotes. Yeah. So what distances do you shoot uh, during your match? Uh, so for the rest of this year, we're shooting 100 meters in, so we won't do anything too far. So what are you running for optics? Uh, vortex one to four. Okay, perfect. A Viper. Perfect, yeah. Perfect. And are you going to swap that out when you go coyote hunting? No, I'll just run that. I'll just run the one to four. It's okay, uh, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Four I have, uh, yeah, I've <laughs> shot, I've shot coyotes with, usually I've, I've got like a three to nine or something like that, but yeah. whatever. You can use a one yeah. to four just fine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, cool. That's uh, that's about it for me. Uh, Kelly, what about you? I went to, so I was busy both days, both Saturday and Sunday. I went to Reticle, which is Schoolhouse 2.0. It's actually formerly the Loyalist Gun Club in Brockville. So they have one um, range. It's at Reticle, and they do all the stuff with the military and the police and things like that. So it's a little tactical they have the other piece, which is actually at a schoolhouse, and it has a range in it. It's so awesome. So they renamed it to Schoolhouse 2.0. They had an open house, and they had a three-gun match as well. So I went and worked it as a CCFR field officer, and we got to talk to a lot of people. And we got to see the new schoolhouse and how they have set up the range. It's Seacans. So what they've done is they've taken, uh, I think it's four or five, it's no, it would be three C cans in a row and they weld them all together and then they do two side by side and then they have eight bays and it's really, really cool. So they were having people in there doing a three gun match and they were really surprised about how popular three gun was. And I said, you do know that three gun three gun is the, like the wave of the future, lots of stuff out West, but nothing out here in the East. So they were pretty surprised about the fact that, uh, that they were basically sold out for the three gun match and then they had the open house with basically they wanted to sell memberships to the schoolhouse side of things because that's a public range as opposed to reticle, which is, as I said, military and, and OPP and other, and other um, well, police forces anyways. So it, it, was, it was really fun. I got to actually work with a guy named Steve Sanders. It was his first time working as a CCFR field officer. We had lots of fun. And then the next day, I went to the Belleville Gun Show in, obviously, Belleville. And again, I worked with Steve Sanders, and it was nice. I got to talk to a lot of people. And we were working the CCFR booth, so a lot of people were stopping by. They were talking about C71, the fact that it was red 
the third reading of it was uh, presented in uh, Parliament and they want to know what was happening with the rest of it. And then, um, yeah, so we sold lots of tickets as well for C-71 sync, the C-71 uh, draw that I think is probably in the next day or two going to be going to be um, drawn. But anyways, we had a really, really good time there. So I didn't get out to the, I did not get out and shoot, but I went to lots of gun clubs just because of the fact that I was working for the CCFR. The other thing that I did today, I made a play date. I'm going to go and shoot with somebody who's never shot before on Sunday. We're going to go to the, we're going to go to the range. And he was just asking what it was like. And I said, well, why don't you come out with me? And so he, he said, Sure. So we picked a date and he's going to shoot some pistol. He's going to shoot some 12 gauge and he's going to shoot an AR. So he's excited. That's what I've done in guns this week. That's it. Cool. That's yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I guess we'll do some upcoming events then. So uh, three gun events, anything coming up there? Three gunner. I guess that's me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a couple uh, coming up. Uh, PFI Canada has a three-gun match this weekend, and then the weekend after, Chaz and Northwest Three Gun both have a match. I really should cool. be doing this for Ipsic as well. You should be yes. because I think, like, I was I was looking. Yeah, it's difficult to tell where the matches are, and uh, especially for the bigger matches, it'd be really nice to know. Yeah, I mean, um, I like what you've done, where you've created a central location to post all of your um, three-gun matches to Ipsic World has a calendar for all level three and higher matches that are registered and sanctioned. Um, the other sections just all are all over the map with how they um, promote their shoots either uh, on their, on the second, like Ipsic Alberta's website, Ipsic Manitoba's website, Ipsic New Brunswick has a calendar with a schedule. And so, you know, if you're in your province and, and you're planning on only shooting in your province, it's pretty simple for you, but, Maybe the listeners don't know in Ontario that there's a shoot happening at a particular club. I don't know if we created a website like you did, but for Ipsic, if match directors were to get on board and and do it, I don't know. I think so. I don't. Well, I mean, the interesting thing about that is, yeah, let's say you're a member of Ipsic, uh, New Brunswick, but it's easy enough to drive down to Nova Scotia for a match. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to have one place that had them all in a yeah, map? I go to Ipsic. And I go to the I go to the website of the province I'm going to. If I'm going to Quebec, I'll check Ipsic Quebec. If I'm going to Nova Scotia, I'll check Ipsic Nova Scotia. See, that's the thing. Three Gun doesn't have. There is no Three Gun Alberta. Yeah, this is pointless. No, you no Three Gun Alberta. Three Gun right. Canada. The whole thing. Three Gun. That's the day. All on one spot. Because there is no other spot. There is no Three Gun Alberta. There is no Three Gun Ontario. This is pointless for. Uh, for uh, Ipsic because Ipsic is sanctioned and, and far more organized within each individual province. Yeah. Yeah. Well, three gun nation has uh, a system, uh, but it's only for three gun nation affiliated events. And I'm not sh- I don't think there's anything like that for USPSA three gun or multi-gun rather. Yeah. All right. Carry on. All right, then um, maple seed events. We have any of those coming up. We did have, Yep, we have one. Uh, it's going to be in the Peterborough area, our GTA area. It's in Woodview, and it's on October 20th. We still have a couple of spots, but we're pretty much almost sold out. So if you are looking to do one more event before the end of the year and you are in the GTA or Peterborough area, come on out. 
Um, the cost is $50 for adults or $35 for if you're military or law enforcement and $15 for youth, which is 18 or under. There is a $25 range fee, but you get lunch. So it's awesome. Go to the mapleseedruffleman.com website and you can sign up there. And that's about it. Kelly, you did one in Halifax? Well, uh, near Halifax? Huh? Yeah, in Dartmouth. In Dartmouth? Yes, Dartmouth. What about at the outdoor AMA range? Uh, AMA. I don't did know which you, one range that was. Did you so ring? in Dartmouth? Did you do it in an indoor range? No, it was at the outdoor, oh, by the airport. Yeah, well, that's not Dartmouth. No, <laughs> that's so I don't know. Enfield. Okay. Yeah. So you were in technically in a place called Devon, um, okay. which is uh, yeah. So no, I was talking to that club president the other day, and um, he's uh, in charge of Ipsic, and we got talking about uh, I don't know what or how. But Maple Sea came up, and he was like, yeah, they had one at my range. As far as I know, it went well. Yeah, it went great. It was yeah. a great range. Yeah, well, that range okay. that you were at, thats the, every time I shoot Ipsic in Nova Scotia, that's where I go to that one. I, I could imagine because of the fact that while we were doing the event, if you went next door, there was a bunch of guys that were doing Ipsic. They have boats. They have everything that they were actually shooting off. It was fun. Well, calm down. It's no rest of gush. They have a dinghy. Well, it's, yeah, okay. Right. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's no rest of gush, but yes, you're absolutely So defensive. Right. It has, it, it, she said, it has boats. It has everything. It has literally a dinghy. All right. It's no rest of gush. I do, if I'm going out east, rest of gush is my favorite club. I didn't ask you to say that now. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it but. is true. Like, <laughs> Thank you for affirming, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying yeah, what we already knew. I really liked hanging out in Dartmouth and Halifax. It was fun. Yeah, you were nowhere near Dartmouth, but that's okay. It's not like you're from this region. Wait. What? I just went over the bridge. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we were staying in Dartmouth. How was that? Yeah, that's good. Okay. That's in Atlantic Canada, right? Yes. That's yes. yes. The Maritimes, if yes. you will. Yeah. All we right. also News did th- PEI as well. Just saying. Was that Wild Bill's range? Uh, I don't know who Wild Bill is. Anderson. You know, Wild Bill. Oh, yeah. Bill's range. Yeah. Well, one of them. God was, love Bill. They Bill's made us punch in the middle Bill. of the day. It was awesome. Nice. Did he make you a sandwich? No, he didn't make me a sandwich. Oh. Bill, I want a sandwich. But I did get chili that day. They made us chili, chili and punch. Oh, you didn't get chili. You were served chili. Served chili. Yes, it was delicious. And we're going back there definitely because they were amazing. Did it have potatoes in it? No. Why would you put potatoes in chili? Prince Edward Island, Matthew. Prince Edward Island. Do you know that there is more potatoes produced in New Brunswick than there is PEI, though? No. Yeah, Why would I know I, such an obscure fact? There is. Just saying. I knew that. Of course. Well, look at the size well, of PEI. Well, yeah. you are also from that area where all the potatoes I, are I, 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 I lived in the potato field. I watched the potato harvest. <laughs> we talk about potato guns or something. Get, get, bring this back to guns. <laughs> oh, guns. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's the one that brought up Dartmouth. Anyways. No, no, you did. We got <laughs> I brought up Bill. <laughs> Look, we can't even count past potatoes. So <laughs> let's we'll move on to the news. That's, that's all I got. That's the news. <laughs> let's do the news. Somebody do the news. Uh, Slamfire Radio was on the news. We were, yeah, yeah. we were. Okay. Trevor, where in this article are we? And are we like really low down? Are really we low down? Low. <laughs> really they were I tried reading it. I'm like, it's gotta be in here somewhere. <laughs> they did it's got a, so many references. 
Well, we did a we did an interview with Mark Morelli, Morelli from the Gun Vault, and he was quoted from our show. And then they started to quote our intro song, which is pretty awesome. If you got it, you got to admit our song's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote that. You did not. You're right. I didn't. <laughs> but I know the guy who did. See, yes. we did. We yeah. were walking to the airport when he explained where the lyrics came from. Um, time to put something between me and the sun. We know the secret to that line, which we cannot okay. share. Well, we certainly do. I, well, I can't. I literally can't share it because I can't remember. How do you forget a moment like that? Well, quite easily, apparently. It's right. gone. <laughs> I'll tell you guys when we get off the air. All right. I look forward to it. So that, that's the news. We were in the news. That's it. Sweet. Oh, tell the listeners where they can find the article, maybe. Yeah, sure. The spec.com. Click on that and click around. You'll find it. Maybe we'll put a link on our website page. I think it's probably a good idea. We put it in the show notes. Yeah. It's I don't know. It sounds like a lot of effort for us. Facebook. Well, it's not you know, an Facebook. effort for us. It's an effort from Adriel. He's so it's about three quarters of the way down. Yeah, I finally found it. <laughs> Shout out to Random Dave for pointing you, this out to me. You got to really scroll to get there. <laughs> but keep but it's scrolling. There. Keep yeah. scrolling. It's, it's a, there. It's a good article. Just read yeah. the whole article. And there's it's a link surprising, to it. Yeah, it's surprisingly well referenced. Yeah, and it is. has a lot of viewpoints in one article. And if you are listening to our show because you heard about us in that article, we are so sorry that you yeah. have actually taken the trouble to do this. To find us. Yeah, yeah. We're sorry. Read a newspaper? People still do well, that? On the internet. People reading it on the internet, so that's okay. Mm-hmm. Newspapers on the internet, yep. yep. I read it on the internet. <laughs> this newspaper's on the internet. I'm reading it right now. I can see it. <sighs> All right. Um, so is that that's it for the news then? Tis. New gun, new gun stuff. So um, Adriel's going to get the new bolt release for the uh, 180. Yeah, RWA's got this uh, this bolt release that's actually pretty handy. It makes like a little lever on the uh, left hand side of the gun that hold that locks the bolt, so it's not it doesn't use a paddle like the uh, AR. Instead, it uses a thumbable bolt release kind of thing. It's expensive; it's ninety bucks, but uh, that is really handy. That that between that and the charging handle being on the left hand side, super easy to lock the uh, lock the bolt open. And to drop the bolt after you've changed out the mag as well. Uh, yeah, go fast part. Uh, they're in mm. Calgary, and I'm going to be in Calgary next week. So I think I'll just go buy it from them face-to-face. That's a good idea. You should do that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the next one is interesting. I don't even... Is this real? It is. So it says, um, it says a Russian company plans a sniper rifle that can fire rounds at Mach 5.83. So that's like, ooh, that's not a very big number. That's 6,500 feet per second. And they're saying they're not going to use gunpowder. They're going to use, they're going to detonate chemicals of a special composition, whatever that is. It sounds like to me they're going to detonate like gunpowder. C4 <laughs> in the barrel or something. How the heck are they going to get six and a half thousand feet per That's, that's like twice the speed of a 223. Yep. But I mean, that's that. I mean, here's the thing about speed. It doesn't you you don't double the gunpowder charge to get double the speed. It's 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 like exponential. You have to like add like four times to get double the speed kind of thing. Well, what so. if so um if you look at the pressure curve on a round being fired through the barrel, let's say your barrel's like whatever 18 inches long or something like that. The pressure curve uh spikes up really high at the start 
and then it goes down considerably afterwards, right? So you make most of your speed in that first little bit where the pressure is the highest. And you can't ever exceed that pressure because that's going to blow out your barrel. What right. if their powder burns at a higher pressure for a longer or accelerates the burn or something like that um, and accelerates the bullet longer through the barrel? That would do it. Right. I don't know how you do it or what kind of chemical master wonder, you would need. I wonder if the the the, deton- uh, the burning of the gunpowder produces gases that themselves are flammable. And so it continues to combust and continues to expand as the expansion chamber opens as the bullet travels along the barrel. And so it builds its velocity that way. Yeah, that would be that would work. That would get you your velocity. I don't even know if that's possible. That just popped into my head. So mm. but that. Yeah. That's cool, though. I mean, they they talk about um, the advantages of that. You have less time for that bullet to be in the air to be blown off by wind, gravity, Coriolis effect, blah, blah, blah. The rest of the article, just just by the by, the rest of the article is pretty garbagey in terms of of the information in there. They're talking about some... Some Canadian snipers that uh, uh, were stationed up in a high rise, and they're like, they had to be in a high rise because their shot uh, lost six thousand seven hundred inches uh, of, of drop. Right? And it's like, no, that's no, because they, they shot they down. Dial- <laughs> no, no, it was because they were in a high rise. <laughs> <laughs> you can only fire straight out. You can't. You can't. No, no, angle you it. can't. No, on. don't arc the bullet. No, no, that's no, not allowed. No, no, no. No. <laughs> you need to like if you want to shoot someone further away, you need to go up a couple floors. That's right. That's how that works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Regardless, that's a pretty cool. I'm I'm interested in to see if this uh, actually comes to fruition or not. It's kind of cool. Yep. All right. I think that's the news. So I guess that brings us into the main topic. All right. So for the main topic, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about the the season's kind of coming to an end here. Um, Chad and I have both been at a couple of different major three gun matches uh, across the country. Chad's been to some major matches outside the country. Um, and one of the things that was really interesting to me was the difference in flavor between those matches. Um, so maybe, uh, uh, Chad, just maybe if, if we can just start somewhere, uh, what are the major matches that you're aware of, um, uh, around Canada? Um, Canada. So obviously the first one that comes to mind would be Prairie Fire out in Saskatoon. Uh, I think that's kind of the most well-attended match. Probably um, the most well-attended event period for that whole province, if you think about it. That's probably <laughs> fair to say, yeah. Um, redneck, redneck shoot out uh, either at Hundred Mile House or Prince George. That seems to be kind of one of the other long-standing ones. Um, mm-hmm. Grand Prairie has uh, a two-day match every year, uh, as well as a team match, although I think that might be a Peace River. Um what else? Obviously, Chaz did their Battle of Alberta this year. Yep. Um, and I also attended uh, Medicine Hat, did their first two-day match as well this year. So that's kind of the large ones I'm aware of as far as what I would consider a major match. Um, but I'm also not super familiar with what happens in Eastern Canada. Um, from what I see online, nothing that big, but it sounds like it's growing. Oh, Val Cartier runs some some decently large matches. Um, I know that they run some at Rock Cut as well, but uh, I'm not sure their attendance is. Um, I don't know if, if you would call them like major matches in terms of attendance, right? Like uh, Prairie Fire gets what in and around 100 people. Yeah, actually, I kind of looked all those up ahead of uh, this for us, and Prairie Fire was at 104 competitors that actually showed up this year. Oh. Okay. Uh, more registered, but 104 uh, actually shot the course of fire. 
out here, we only have two that are reliable that happen around the same time every year. And that's my club and uh, the AMA range there where the provincials in Nova Scotia just took place. Both us and them put one on annually, but that's pretty much it. Like, for example, there was a um, pistol rifle match the other day, a couple of weeks ago, where I think they shot, yeah, they shot pistol and rifle. And I think three people showed up. Hmm. Yeah, that can happen with a smaller club or not the, po- the population lack or. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Whole bunch of factors. Yeah. What are the other ones that, uh, that you've found there, Chad? Um, I think I nailed all of the, uh, the majors um, for myself personally that I've attended within the country. Uh, the only ones we didn't maybe talk about is CDTSA um, or the Milo range. They do mm-hmm. uh, three, four matches a year. And uh, Buffalo Target Shooters, that's where they had the Ipsic Nationals last year. Uh, they do usually every Monday night and long weekends, they'll, uh, they'll put up matches as well. So that's kind of uh, in my circle of things, ones I'm aware of. I guess uh, down in Lesbridge occasionally as well. Has yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. So um, I think we talked about this on the way back from BC. Like what are, what are some of the flavors that you see out there in, in terms of uh, the styles of matches that, uh, that you see? Sure. Um, most of it uh, is still very outlaw at this point. So you see a huge variety of flavors and styles. Um, a, a lot of it just because of the requirements of uh, CFOs approving ranges and stuff in Canada seems to be mostly base stages versus what we would refer to as uh, natural terrain, maybe that you might see out down in the, uh, the States or somewhere like that, where they're not as concerned about things like backstops or uh, containing all the bullets. Um <laughs> What but, uh, wrong? Well, so far, nothing, uh, right? Uh, but I don't know, uh, base stages, but uh, I guess within that base stage, I would break them down between uh, what I would consider technical shooting. So lots of tight, accurate shots from, uh, you know, you've got to kind of well think that out uh, versus what I just call hosing. Um, and kind of my favorite stages would be a combination of the two or what I refer to it as gear change. Uh, you know, I, I love it when they get you just amped up shooting an array of, 12, 15 targets, and then, oh, here's three tight shots right in a row where you got to slow yourself right down and think about what you're doing again. Um, all the different matches seem to have their own flavors, I would say. Um, you'll well, see Chad, definitely. Some- do you notice the difference between the matches being put on at um, like straight up outlaw matches where the guys aren't necessarily doing any other kind of practical shooting sport and a difference between the matches that are held at clubs that are like primarily Ipsit clubs and USPSA clubs. And it's those same people that are then putting on the matches, but with three guns. Uh, yeah, I would say that's actually hundred percent accurate. A good example of that would be the, uh, the Prairie fire shoot. Um, that's very, uh, their rule set. I don't think it's hundred percent USPSA. Actually, I know it's not, but it's definitely Pretty leveraged close. against yeah. that. Uh, a lot of the target presentations are very uh, influenced by Ipsic or the arrays. Uh, what I noticed with that match compared to some of the other ones is uh, they kind of cut down on movement and it's more just technical, um, almost memory stages, a lot of it, I would call that. Or even, you know, uh, Peter, the director there, the match director, what he would consider a hoser stage. Uh, a lot of other places I would still call it fairly fairly technical shooting compared to some of the stuff you see out there. Do you know what Peter's background is? Like, did he have a background in some other practical shooting sport first or just decided, Hey, I I would like to do this three gun thing. 
I was told his background and I should know, but uh, I know he's kind of ROed uh, all over North America at this point, actually. Um, and I do believe he came from either an IPSC or an IDPA background. But if I had to guess, I'd say IPSC for sure. But um, yeah. don't quote me on that. All right. Yes, yeah, his stage designs uh, reflect that as well. It's, it's uh, similar to IPSC in terms of the... Uh, <clears throat> In terms, in terms of the the go no go areas and that kind of thing, a lot yeah. of three a lot of three gun it'll be very freestyle. Um, whereas a lot of the uh, prairie fire stages have everything um, uh, marked off in terms of where you can or cannot go uh, using uh, uh, what do you call the two by two fault lines? Fault lines. Sorry, fault lines. Yeah, the fault lines are all. Uh, very well defined and very well marked. And again, sometimes sometimes in a lot of these three gun outlaw matches, they aren't, or they'll they'll have a charge line or something like that, right? Yeah, right. Now, are you seeing? Um, so in USPSA, you can take shortcuts as long as you are within the shooting area when you start shooting targets. Are you guys doing that in um, three gun, or if you take a shortcut, you're penalized? It definitely depends on the club uh some places it's totally fine uh as long as you're not shooting outside of the shooting area some places you can step in and out as long as it doesn't offer a competitive advantage uh and other places it's a straight up penalty so it's it's definitely important to know the the rules of the specific club that you're at yeah and, and um one of the things that's that, that i would say is different in three gun is if there's a barrier or something like there you can shoot off of it or leaning against it unlike whereas in ipsic if it's outside the fault lines if that barrier is outside the fault lines you can't, you can't touch it right yeah but if it's part of the shooting area you can if it's outside the shooting line uh outside of the fault line you can't which i think is an absolutely impractical rule because real world there are no fault lines and if a wall is there and you want to brace yourself on it in the real world you would if it was practical to do so. So to say this orange line on the ground here is where your world stops. And this wall here is just to make you lean. And if you touch it, you're penalized. I don't think it's a very um, realistic or practical rule. That's yeah. And three gun, you would, you would lean hard into it <laughs> with, with a pistol or rifle or shotgun for that matter. Right. Yeah. 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 If it helped. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's another difference. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, rule sets, I mean, USPSA's rule set is, is out there. Um, different versions of the three gun, uh, uh, three gun nation, uh, rule set are out there. That's what, uh, that's what we use at Chaz. Um, I think most of them are pretty similar. I think they differ on, um, uh, right now the debates are on Beowulf mags and whether those should be allowed or not allowed, uh, explicitly in the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I you're not going to see them in the rules because the rules come from the United States. So yeah, that's going to be a club-to-club rule, mm-hmm. which Absolutely. is a problem because you want competitors. Now, this is a personal opinion, but I think a lot of people share it. Consistency in rule sets from match to match, regardless of where they're held, is very important. That's why mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of standardization like you know IPSC. So um, if every match in the country adopted USPSA multi-gun then just like going from one IPSC match in Quebec to BC Nova Scotia you would know what to expect every time and um, question of Beowulf wouldn't wouldn't apply unless you went to a club that specifically said well we're not convinced about the legality of these so you can't use them mm-hmm. yeah I think uh, and I think the the uh, match directors around the country are are talking about that right now just in terms of standardization of rules, but it's not something that's going to happen overnight or anything like that. Yeah. Unless, unless Canada developed its own 
um, three gun association. Correct. Which and could be possible. Sure. Absolutely. could be. And then, you know, it'd be a national sport organization. It would govern the sanctioning of matches across the country and everybody would have a standardized rule set. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know though. On the flip side of that, uh, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, sometimes it is a pain to read every different rule book before you attend a match or remember what game you're playing that day. Um, but sometimes, um, I, I mean, to me, three gunner action shooting sports and anything is a lot of times problem solving and having that ability to think differently about a certain match. Um, I kind of like that too. You can solve the problem in a different way that you maybe wouldn't have, um, free somewhere that, else. But that's the, that's the freestyle component of practical shooting. It would, it would be, it's one of the founding principles of practical shooting is that, um, the practical shooting be freestyle competitors be allowed the freedom to solve the stage the best way they know how. Yeah. I I guess as an example to that. So um, most matches you'll shoot at, uh, you know, this paper target is rifle only. This style of paper target is pistol only. Uh, The knockdown plates are for your pistol or your shotgun. Um, If you go to an official three gun sanction, uh, three gun nation sanction match. So for example, medicine hat, we get down there and all paper is rifle, pistol, or shotgun slug. Um, all knockdown steel is shotgun or pistol. Um, and it just kind of opened things up a little bit. In fact, I actually shot all of that match except for a few mandated targets that said I had to use my pistol. I shot it all rifle shotgun uh, and ended up doing very well. And again, back to the rule set, that was mainly just a Canadian thing where my rifle and my shotgun both hold more rounds than my pistol. So, uh, sped me up just a little bit that yeah i like that that's really wide open and that's really freestyle where you are not dictated what firearm to use on what target if you have the appropriate targets that can take the different impacts from the different bullets um i like that a lot yeah it was a lot of fun that was my first match with uh, that exact rule set and like i had a blast it was it was really good and yeah, their paper, rules? their paper targets in Three Gun Nation are just like a basically Square. a pizza box. Yeah, <laughs> you just gotta hit it twice, right? Or once twice in the, the circle, pistol, or once in the circle, or if you choose to engage it with your shotgun, which would be a slug, one anywhere, and she's good. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Targets should be cheaper because there's like nothing. There's no waste cutting the, that thing, right? Yeah. You just need to find some places to, to cut them and, uh, and get them. But yeah, super interesting for that from that aspect. Whereas um, Prairie Fire and Chaz actually stole this idea from them. Uh, they use the Ipsic Classic Headbox targets as metric. classic metric metric tra- targets. As the names pistol. make no pistol. sense. That, the yeah. Headbox was there first. It should be the Classic. But anyway. Yeah. So we use the, the Headbox targets as a pistol target and the... Uh, diamond turtle black uh, classic targets as the uh, uh, rifle targets. So it's like easier to see, but like yeah. the box, the, the, the pizza box thing and just like have at her. <laughs> I yeah. like that idea too. We do something similar age where all, all mini targets are for rifle. All full size classics are for pistol and all steel and frangible are for shotgun. Once in a while, now that we've got some good AR five hundred X metal stuff, we'll stick a plate rack out there at fifty meters and call that a rifle. But that only started since we got our X metal stuff that can take the uh, the hits. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to even shoot stuff at fifty meters because I've I, we found that two two three just will will divot like every 
everything. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter if they're Air 500 or not. You're we're seeing little um, yeah. chunks being cut out of the plates and 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 yeah. dimples starting. Yeah, yeah. We'll typically we'll we'll try to keep our steel at 100 meters or beyond, um, and then use cardboard in if if it's rifle. But uh, yeah, interesting. So uh, one of the other th- things I noticed. Um, chat is that uh there's a difference in the physicality of the matches some of them uh offer no physicality and and they're quite easy to to shoot and there's like minimal movement yeah that's mostly positioning and whereas other ones are uh physically challenging uh what, what have you seen so far um well i mean so you and i are both a little biased we're both from the Chaz three gun league uh who has been accused on several occasions occasions as being savages uh, <laughs> just for the sheer level of physicality we've got in fact some very good shooters have point blank told me they will not come because they're not good at running and we run way too far um but yeah it's it's all over the place i mean at the last Chaz match there, running down some of the roadways and stuff we had there i wouldn't be surprised to see a guy put on Oh, a couple thousand yards are running at least back and forth. Yes. Um, I wouldn't go to that either. You know, and adding, I want to go to a shooting contest, not a running contest, but it is a shooting competition. So you make your run 300 yards and then, Hey, go shoot that 500 yard target with your rifle. That's yeah, a skill no you're testing. Yeah, no <laughs> um, well, and that's something that they have in service rifle as well, right? They have a, they have rundowns in, in service rifle. Yeah. The, you run a little bit, you stop, you shoot, you run a little bit, you stop, you shoot, yeah. you don't, you know, um, others of them, like uh, we had one uh, memory stage at Prairie Fire, for example, or actually a lot of the, the redneck stuff seemed very much the same way. Um, just with the technicality and the arrays that were present, it was literally to the point where my stage breakdown was, uh, you know, walk three steps at a 45 degree angle to where I'm at, shoot six targets, shuffle three steps right, you know, and you might engage 30, 40 targets over the course of fire and only have moved 10 yards tops. Mm-hmm. Um just based on how they've arranged barricades or arrays. So that, and, you know, everywhere in between, you'll see, uh, you know, a little bit in between some nice tight stuff and then uh, run through this shoot house and then run through this desert gully and climb a tower. Kind of, it's all over the place, but uh, I I would say out of everything I've seen, Chaz by far has the, uh, the physicality uh, hands down versus anything else I've experienced so far. Well, I think like within the US, you see that in some matches, right? Um, Hard as hell is is one of the premier three gun matches in the US, and it's <laughs> it's difficult. There's running, there's dragging things, there's um, uh, going through little man tunnels that you gotta like crawl through, and and all sorts of weird stuff. They do it safely, like if you're gonna go through a tunnel that you typically have to go through with your guns empty and that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. But they climb, they scale uh, their uh, berms. They uh, run between bays. It's uh, it's a very physical match, and that one seems to be uh, desirable, right? Yeah, so that was at the uh, Southern Utah Practical Shooters. I should say one of the hardest hells is that there, and that's where we did the Empire Strikes Back match. They've got their famous uh, gully run stage, they call it, and that was it was hard. I mean, it was 35 degrees plus desert heat uh, running through this, climbing some towers through some gullies. Got to the end of it. We actually had one guy basically was having trouble getting up. He put out so hard at the end of it. He'd just given it his all and was done at the end. Got to the end. We're talking about how hard that is and then talked to uh, Brian and Ken Nelson. And apparently we only did the first third of what that stage would be under hard as hell. So... <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, if if you want to get really extreme and uh, like uh, completely on the other end of the spectrum, uh, they do Iron Man and uh, uh, what is what are the matches that Dave shoots that uh, that are basically jogging with all your equipment on the and run then, and gun. Yeah. Yes, the run and gun, <laughs> which is like a mini marathon with guns and shooting in between. <laughs> yeah. 5k minimum and everything you might need, you have to bring with you. And if you don't have it, well, you're going to get some penalties. That would be brutal as a Canadian because like we don't <laughs> carry enough ammo in our mags. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's definitely a, a, a lot of variety in the physicality and the uh, creativity of the stages. Some of them are, um, the stages are very much actually I, I was listening to the uh, practical pistol podcast and uh, Ben Stoger was talking about how a lot of the stages in the U S aren't super creative. They're just, no, you'll go here. You shoot around this thing over here as a, as a Cooper tunnel. And then there's a leaning right shot out at, at 10 yards. Right. So the, they don't put a lot of effort into their stage design, which I've, I've there's some positives and negatives to that. The positive is that uh, it's very easy to make a stage. Uh, I guess the negative is that it could get boring after a while, right? You're definitely just testing your skills and it's there. You don't get very much of the, uh, uh, novelty, I guess, of some of the, some of the different stuff. Yeah. Well, the problem solving or like a lot of the, the stages I find that I like slash hate, uh, is we've come up with this crazy shooting position and you've got to try to try to figure out how to do that accurately. Uh, and usually the first time you see it, you're just like, holy cow, like, I don't even know how to do this. And then you'll see a few people shoot it or you'll experience yourself. And the next time you come up against it, you know how to shoot from that weird position that somebody's dreamed up. And I mean, you've just added that skill to your toolbox for sure. So mm-hmm. um, how do how do the matches in Canada compare to the ones in the U.S.? Um, well, so the one I was at uh, down at the Southern Utah Practical Shooters, whatever they call their range there, uh, the biggest thing obviously was mag capacity, right? All of a sudden I'm running 17 rounds in my pistol. Uh, I'm running 40 or 60 rounds in my AR-15. Did you ever um, drop a mag with like 15 rounds left in it because you're used to dropping them in Canada for your reload? <laughs> I actually didn't. I had two things along those lines though. Um, one with my AR-15, the only time I ever had to take a mag out of it is I had a double feed. Uh, like I never had to reload that ever. I just kind of <laughs> pulled the mag out, racked it a couple times, jammed it back in, away I go. Uh, the pistol, like we had, I got down there a day early, so I got lots of time just running with regular capacity magazines. But I did have a couple times during the course of fire, we're shooting, 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 and then you go, think you got trigger freeze or something, and finally look. Oh, my oh, slides no, just actually oh, ran out of ammunition. Oh, that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> that or, um, you know, the shotgun, I put uh, uh, my Versamax that was running down there. I could hold 13 plus 2 in that sucker. Um, you know, and, and you're finding yourself just stuffing it as you're running because that's what you do in Canada. And then, you know, when you unload and show clear at the end, you're racking nine or ten shells out of the shotgun. <laughs> What am I doing? The Americans are like, what are you doing, Canadian? <laughs> Stop loading that thing. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was that. The other thing was just kind of, like I say, the natural terrain, shooting out into a desert at three or 400 yards with just nothing behind it, watching impacts. Or the biggest thing for me was uh, they had poppers activating toasters and you engaged it all with your pistol and shot blank glaze with a pistol. So oh, that nice. was a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't think we could. Well, maybe if we could keep the clays low enough. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's definitely a challenging shot. But. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's not that many uh, major three gun matches around the country. It's mostly, uh, it's mostly local club matches that, uh, that people are putting on right now, but uh, it looks like it is growing. Um, I know that uh, I think our three gun, our three gun club grew by 60% in terms of number of people uh, that are shooting at it this year. So yeah. Um, it's definitely growing out in Edmonton uh, and, and in Alberta, like Alberta, there's, there's a match pretty much every weekend, the whole summer. Oh yeah. I think I counted. I think I shot 21 matches this year and only three of them were outside of the province. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty decent in my opinion. Yeah. Super, super convenient as an Albertan uh, living kind of in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> A little bit of driving involved, but uh, you get you get to you get some lot good matches out there. Awesome. Uh, any other thoughts about uh, three gun major matches, Chad? Um, not really. Just I hope they keep it up. I mean, it's a ton of fun to go out there. It's kind of I mean, any shooting activity in Canada is the same way. But you get to see some of the same guys at all kinds of different locations, catch up with them. Just a ton of cool people to hang out with and shoot some fun stages. And I hope it keeps the growing. Um, like I said, I like having this many options and I'd love to see more. Yeah, me as well. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, nerding out on, uh, on three gun with me. <laughs> oh, hey, no problem. Yeah, it was, it was getting towards the end of the year. I'm like, man, I wish, I wish we could do like a recap on all the three gun matches around the country. And I think, we, I think we've got that now. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks for coming on the show, Chad. Hey, no problem. Thank you. Thanks, dude. See later. you later. Yeah, so we've lost Kelly, for those of you keeping score. She uh, lost her internet, so she's she's out for now. So she's bye, Kelly, we miss you. She's out she's looking for, for Yeah, she's out looking for her internet. internet. Come, yeah. come back. I lost puppy. Yeah. I miss you. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. You're hilarious. Thank you. Yeah. That backfired, didn't it? Yeah, it kind of did. Dang it. You're welcome. All right. What are we doing next? Uh, listener feedback? Uh, we got a lot of listener feedback. This would be good to me. Like, Trevor, you're going to have to read it all. Yeah, probably not. There isn't any listener feedback this week. Excellent. So that's easy. That's the amount I can read. That is the amount you can read. You can read. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. I'm awesome um, reading when I'm not reading. Yeah. There's some YouTube uh, comments here Your I birth, just, yeah yeah i was just gonna go there and try to find that but i can't find the link because i'm terrible at this here. greg was uh, commenting on reinventing the wheel gun when we we're talking about the unica <laughs> uh, re- I, g- I get it funny it's called a wheel gun hmm. corinthian uh leather grips i'm not sure what that was uh in oh that is um a deadpool line Mm. And it's a so Deadpool said it when his face was crushed against the seat in the SUV, and it comes from the guy from Fantasy Island who was doing a TV commercial for a car, and he's going on about the quality of the car, and he talks about the rich Corinthian leather. Yes, there you go. There's the most obscure reference ever, and I because yeah, Deadpool's it. a really obscure movie, and no one's ever seen it before. But the reference that he made. The fact that it came out of that obscure commercial and the fact right. that I knew it came out of that obscure All commercial. Right. No, win. I'm winning at nerding right now. Master yeah. nerd over here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Marcel was saying uh, he was in fourth place. Great match. He was. He did do really good. Uh, every Him and I are at um, 
similar matches often, and I don't fully know what he looks like. So, Marcel, could you please come introduce yourself so I could thank you personally for the uh, amazing coasters that you sent me and some of the other hosts. Not Matthew, of course, because you don't like him. But that's all right. That's fine. No, I don't care about me, none. That's no. fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. One person was competent, commenting, pretty sure Chad lent me a couple of CZ75 uh, mags at Chaz 3Gun last year. Yeah, sounds about right. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, he's a good hey, guy. I've got some shooting news. Well, yeah. Google just told me that a Nova Scotia native wins national shooting title. A transplanted Nova Scotian is the national champion in F-class target shooting. Adam McDonald, who now lives in Hanwell, New Brunswick, won the hmm. national F-class. Very cool. Never even heard of this guy. Must be a good shooter. Mm, and that's uh, that's about it for uh, for YouTube feedback. Yeah. Cool beans. All right. Well, I guess that brings us into um, iTunes reviews. Don't have any of them either. Nope. So um, shout outs. Shout I'll out. jump in because no one oh, else is. All right. But, uh, all right. Adriel. <laughs> Adriel, you go. I was, uh, I was waiting to be told. Usually he's so good at telling us. Yeah. Telling you what to do? Yeah. yeah Got to get to it. Game. Uh, Craig, a uh, guy at my club pimped out. There's this, uh, there's this HTML stage planner. Now in terms of like doing stage designs, there's a lot of different ways. Some guys will like just draw it out. Some guys will use, uh, Google SketchUp is, is a version. That's like a 3d modeling kind of thing. That thing is the, the deal. If you want to yes. do like a once I, get, once I get my new laptop, I'm going to learn how to do this. I will yeah. never submit a stage design without it ever again. But uh, we're lazy and we got a whole bunch of different people that do stage designs. So we need something that's easier. There's something called stage planner out there, but it didn't have all our props in it. Craig took the stage planner HTML files and pimped them out, put all of our props in there, the Texas oh. star, the car, all the stuff. And, uh, and now when we do st- our, our stage designs, everyone uses the same program, which is just like this HTML thing. So you can do it from wherever uh, drag and drop super easy and uh yeah he really enhanced it so now that now that's going to make our uh our stage plans uh that much more accurate oh cool well maybe i will uh give this a go then i will put a link up on three gun.ca and send it to you so you Beautiful. can take a look at that yeah it, there's gonna be some stuff in there that's a little bit odd for ipsic i don't think you guys have any cars you shoot out of is that like an approved ipsic target we shoot no. out of a bus. We shoot off a forty-four foot long okay. boat. We shoot off a two-story building. We yeah, don't have. We don't have one of those. Like that's his question: Was car? Do you have a car? We have all kinds of cool stuff. But do you have a car? <laughs> we kind of have a car. But do you have a car? <laughs> yes, we have two cars. No, you don't. <laughs> Bull crap. <laughs> yes, we do. We have those three silhouettes. Oh, wooden uh, cars. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be? You don't have like a Kia or something like that. By the way, that's Chad's Kia (laughs) on our range. (laughs) (laughs) We had a tracker and the CFO told us to get rid of it. Um, And the problem was people were using it as a target and shooting it up. And it's not an approved target. So he wanted it off the range. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We put ours off the side when it's not being used. And it hasn't been shot on purpose yet. Take that tracker out of here. That school bus is fine, though. <laughs> That's sending the right message, right? <laughs> well, it's not a school bus. It's painted as a prison bus. Mm. It's a, okay. That's better. Uh, anyways, that's my that's my uh, shout out to Craig for pimping that thing out. All right, that's, my shout out is sorry, turn. Matthew. Wasn't your okay. turn. 
Kelly, do you want to do a show? Oh, Kelly's not here. All right, Trevor, I guess you can go. Thank you, Matthew. My yeah, shout-out cool. goes to um, Gavin from the uh, Canadian Patriot Podcast and Fred LaPierre, Filthy Squire. So a lot of people are familiar with Pi Day. It's October 2nd, and every October 2nd, I post a picture on Facebook of the apple pie that was purchased for me on October 2nd in the year 2014. And I've kept this pie in a drawer in my desk ever since. It's from McDonald's, the McDonald's apple pie, and it has not rotted yet. You can friend me on Facebook. I have a whole album dedicated to this apple pie, which has not rotted. Fred has been asking me to eat this pie for some time now. Gavin the other day, also another shout out to Gavin. Gavin the other day um, said he would pay $100 to see the Hello Kitty picture of me. So um, I said, if you donate $100 to CCFR right now, I will produce the Hello Kitty picture of me. And he did. And it was all thanks to Tracy Wilson. He produced the 100 bucks. Um, Tony Brown is the one that created that wonderful image of me and Hello Kitty attire. So Gavin, uh, a man of his word, gave the $100 to CCFR. Now, Gavin is willing to pony up the cash. I believe the number is $400. $100 for every year that the pie has aged in my possession for Fred to eat it. Fred will eat the pie if Gavin donates $400 to the CCFR. And this will have to be done live on the air on the Canadian Patriot podcast. So once the $400 is in, I will figure out a way to get Fred and the pie in the same room on a Monday night for their live broadcast. So stay tuned. And we could get the beneficiary for Fred's life insurance to also donate to the CCFR (laughs) because he's going to be dead. It's four years old, man. Like I know. It only just stopped smelling like cinnamon this year. <laughs> yeah, last year it still smelled like cinnamon. And, and I'm not convinced that if you put it in the microwave for 10 seconds, it the cinnamon smell won't come back. Yeah, I bet you it would. Yeah, so it has not, there's no rot whatsoever. It's not decomposing. It's not food. It's McDonald's product that they sell. And have you convinced this food or you believe it's food or maybe you know it's not food and you eat it anyway? But McDonald's food is chemically engineered in a lab. It's not grown in a field. It's not on a farm. It's you, not- should, you better you better include in, it is your opinion that this is the case because McDonald's is a pretty big corporation. They go ahead and sue you. All right. This is simply my opinion. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, guess I just, I just looking out for you, bud. Well, yeah, and that's fine. I have something McDonald's can eat. I would in, in, invite them to eat it this time. <laughs> it comes it in a bag. <laughs> oh, my. A big old it's bag of cheese, Richards. It's the cheese curds, aren't, isn't it? Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, that's what's going on with that. So, stay tuned. We're, yeah. And, and, and like Christina said, hey, it's better than taking pepper spray to the face. There you go. And so. Yeah, gallon of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Brian uh, had a uh, shout out for the warning shot. That's me. And so I'm going to give him a shout out. So thanks, Brian, for being my placeholder. Glad you're finally gone. <laughs> oh, crap. Did I say that last part out loud? We uh, cut it out. Mistake. We'll cut it out in post. Yeah, yeah. Cut it out. Yeah, sure we will. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you, but I, I'm honored to have you as my replacement. I don't know. Something like that. Make something up. <laughs> Whatever you say, I'll go with it. Yeah, I'll go with that. The the counter tonight only got to three. The the counter for yeah for well I've got a I've got a counter that I use in the show because one of our hosts has a uh, bad habit of saying the same word over and over and over. And oh, ever yeah. since the counter appeared, they seem to be on to me. 
Oh, but there's so there. only three this time. Yeah. Well, anyway. At this point, I was expecting like 30. It is anyway, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> isn't it funny? I just said anyway. That's And you didn't get it. I, I hope did. you clicked the counter. I didn't. That's good. Uh, my jokes are lost in this crowd. It'll take a while for, for us to get used to you again. Yeah. Uh, Patreon supporters, we're up to 89 Patreon supporters. That's amazing. Yep. Oh, uh, I got our I got our next guest booked for our next show, which will be the third Thursday of uh, October. Good. Yeah. Yep. Is it? Are we leaking that or? Nope. They're not leaking it. All right. Nope. Cool. I met um, him in person at the Nationals in Winnipeg. Wait, was it me? No, I wasn't you were not at the Nationals. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. there. No, we Chuck Norris. He also was not there. Um, this is oh, a guy who looked at me. It's, it's the guy who looked at me and said, "Hey, Trevor, I'm a fan." And I said, "Of what?" <laughs> <laughs> that's the best i know because i'm dumb yeah. <laughs> see i thought you were doing it ironically but you really didn't have a clue i didn't have a clue no that's the even best better part yeah that was the best better part it's like, it's like when you do a pun and you don't realize it but trevor's just like hey trevor i'm a fan of what what are you talking about of the show that you're on with the guns where we're at a range right Oh yeah, that. Oh, no, better cool. than that. He he met me. He said he's a fan of me, one of my fans. <laughs> yeah, that's why I really didn't get it. So, well, why would you? Ex- well, exactly. Oh, and and the dude who thought I really did hurt my back chasing a beaver yeah. sent me another message to confirm he really did believe I hurt my back chasing a beaver. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad that our our outlandish uh, excuses are. Uh, <laughs> Aren't so with well, outlandish. Trevor, Trevor did blow a calf muscle out walking up a, a mild incline. So it's not beyond the realm of reason that he'd throw his back out chasing a beaver. I mean, these things are not, you know, sort of Canadian. I don't yeah. know. Very Canadian. Yeah. Very Canadian. Anyway, and- back to Patreon supporters. Brian updated his uh, his pledge to 556. Yeah, that was cool. cool. Yeah. Don't know why, but Cool. Appreciate that. And WD, he's in for three bucks. That's cool. Uh, new supporters, uh, if you haven't received your patches, just uh, send us an email and we will uh, we'll make sure that you get your stuff. It takes about a month to get it because we're slow. Also, we don't get things in the mail very quickly. Chad, if you're listening, I need two more mag pouches. I got a friend who, who wants to try them. So if you're willing to share the wealth, just saying, please. All right. Is uh, is that it? All right, that's it. Thanks for thanks for listening. You should join um, firearms associations if you haven't, because they're great. You should check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. We're at 1986. It would be funnier if it was 1984. Why? Because we could do like some new speak or double talk or some some fun stuff like that. But double now it's good. Mm-hmm. double good. Oh, I thought you said yeah. 94. 84. 1984. Yeah, now I get the joke. Yeah, it's an Orwellian joke. Yes, it is. Will he get it or will he not? No, uh, 1986 um, is probably the best year ever for music. Convince me I'm wrong. Okay. You're wrong. I'm not convinced. Oh, dang it. It didn't work. So usually it works. Okay. Um, that's that's the that's the show. I hope um, you are all great and awesome. And, and um, we'll see you next week. Bye. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the door-
get a gun